and welcome. You're here at The Journey. My name is Jill, and today is Friday, May 27th, 2016, as we are ending another week. It just keeps going so fast. I don't know about you. I'm just like, wow, where did my life go? And so we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit in just a moment. But before we do, if this is your first time, you can find this podcast and more over at survivalroad.net. If you like just the podcast, it's over at SoundCloud under The Journey with Jill or Stitcher, iTunes, uh, FM Player, and I think one more. I can't remember. Tune in. Tune in is the other place it is. So with that, I would like to say thank you for joining me here. As you know, I like to start with a question and... The question I have for you today is, does your journey have an end or an ending? I watched that movie Tracks. I know I have shared that as a, uh, when we do movies on Movie Friday. And so I don't have an original, I don't have original anything for you today. I think we're doing a major rehash of past themes. But the movie is about a woman named Robin Davidson. And she decides to go, it's 2,700 kilometers or 2,000 miles uh, with camels across the desert from Alice Springs in the center of New Mexico, uh, New Mexico, little projection there, uh, Australia to the Indian Ocean. And she's walking by herself with her dog, Diggity. And the camels carry the stuff, but it's in an extremely, it's just completely remote. There's really nothing out there. And she just decides to do it. And then she does it. And, you know, the end of the journey is when the moment she gets to the ocean. And it's interesting, you know, to read her articles or information or interviews about her now where, you know, she's still the camel lady and that's how so many people still see her. But her life post trek was totally different. And it really wasn't about that specific moment in time. And it was just one phase or one part of her life. And, and unfortunately, I think for her, she talks about how she got even more insecure and than she was, you know, when she charged off and did that whole journey. But it was such a visual, you know, to be so much. It's a beautiful movie. It's still streaming on Netflix in terms of visually. But she, you know, the contrast between the desert of Australia, you know, the red dirt and the bleakness and the the the. I was thinking that's where they need those 360 cameras because it's just you can just see everywhere. And when she, you know crests the peak and comes over and there's the beautiful ocean with all its blue water and just the you know the stark contrast between the constant dryness and dirt and dust which I can completely relate to and just all water but it's such a significant powerful moment in terms of okay, that journey is done. And it really, you know, got me thinking about, as usual, what the heck am I doing? I'm having a lot of that conversation again. That's why this is the journey, because in my world, it never ends. But it does. It has eggment settings. I guess I'm having some kind of moment. Maybe if I have a stroke post-podcast, but you'll never know because I won't be able to upload it. But Let's try that again. It has, you know, significant endings. We all do. You know, we all have moments where we realize that part of our life is coming to an end. It might be a relationship. It might be a belief system. It might be a spiritual or religious kind of thing. It might be an emotional, you know, loss is an ending. And then letting go of the loss is an ending. And we have tons and tons of endings in our life, little parts of our journeys 
And I don't know how much we acknowledge that. And so I thought it would be a really good thing to talk about because it's easy to get lost in the idea that that there is a journey and it has no end. And, and that's true for the entirety of that which we are as life, you know, in terms of being eternal. You're, you're absolutely right. Our journey as eternal beings will never end. It just keeps changing form. But the piece that I thought was kind of powerful that I wanted to talk about or highlight in this idea is, are we delaying the ending of something that it's time to let go of, that's no longer serving us, but we're so comfortable in that kind of journey that we've kind of got ourselves stuck and and how it's maybe time to shift focus into a different direction. So that is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to, we're going to talk about the original question, you know, does your journey have an end? And are you on a journey that needs to have an end so you can begin something else? So we're going to take a break and be right back. And part of that idea came up, you know, what kind of, what part of the journey of your life are you on that maybe it's time to have an end to that segment and allow something else to come forth? And it's not, sometimes there's a hard ending, you know, if somebody dies or you lose a job or you have to move, sometimes there's a hard ending. But in terms of, of our internal work, the inner journey, it rarely is it definitive. It's usually a back and forth. It's like trying to end a romantic relationship unless it's something like pizam. You know, usually there's a lot of back and forth. It doesn't just end. You sort of wind down. You try again. You back out. You move forward. You back out. And then eventually it kind of poops out or you, you know, make peace with it. But so, I'm, you know, so much of the inner journey is sort of that soft kind of ending. But I was listening to a woman ask some questions about a spiritual teacher, and she was talking, the idea came up that, you know, one of her core things she was really good at in this life was problem solving. And so my ears kind of perked up because I think that's one of the things I do well. And at some point, you know, there was the question of, well, do you want to let go of part of your identity as someone who solves problems? And I sort of had one of those Shazam moments. And, and I say that because, you know, it's, it's easy when life gets comfortable. I think we do that in relationships, and we do that in jobs. And how, you know, if you get a bunch of you know, social work was like that for me. I have so much experience. I could always get a job. I hated it, but that's how I got a job. And I had to make a really hard ending. I actually did something really, you know, I shouldn't have done in hindsight to burn that bridge so I could never go back and be a social worker because I just was tired of going back to what I knew because it was easy. And, you know, we do that sometimes in relationships. We just stay because it's easy. And how, you know, comfort, We've talked a lot, you know, about freedom and comfort and safety, but part of our identity, especially as we get older, you know, in our 
teens, it's like, who are we going to be? In our 20s, we go out in the world and think we know who we are. In our 30s, we're still trying to, you know, get the job done, start a family, do all those kinds of things. And then, you know, by our 40s and 50s, we tend to, or sometimes we look around and say, okay, is that all? Is that it? Can I do more? Can I be more? Did I make the right choices? And sometimes, you know, some people feel really good about them and they keep going on that track. And other people are like, what? happened and they completely derail, um, like those of us who are speaking to you. So <laughs> it's there isn't any right or wrong to any of this, but I just think it's an interesting idea because it created some awareness for me in the last few days how I personally am an excellent problem solver, which is what made me a really good crisis social worker because it was all about solving problems and doing it fast and how I, I think I'm still pulling that tendency with me to get, I'm staying in the solving of the problem when, you know, when I heard him say, this guy say that, well, do you want to let that go? And I thought, you know, I don't want to solve problems anymore. I am ready to shift to a different way of being in the world. And that's really the theme that you've been hearing for the last few months here is about, you know, living life 24 hours a time, about focus, about accountability, because, you know, first we have to identify a problem and then we think we know what the solution is. But if we don't take action, nothing changes. If we don't implement what the solutions are, nothing changes. And that is true, you know, if you want to quit smoking, if you want to learn a new skill, skill, anything. You know, we have the idea, which is always the abstract that we talk about. And then there's the specific, which is really applying the idea into behavior, making those changes. And so even if I ask you, you know, who do you want to be, there still is the application of behavior and actions that have to go with that, or you're just talking about the problem. And I think, you know, in my case, the video has highlighted the fact about how slowly or not at all, the physical experience around me isn't changing and I'm ready for that, but I'm so comfortable in the abstract and the ideas and the thinking and the verbal, you know, the communication without action that I, I'm not doing it. I'm not really walking my talk with any sort of speed at all. So nothing's happening. And how you know, one of the things that we do is when we don't want to deal with whatever the lesson in front of us is, oftentimes we create a crisis or we create chaos or distraction. And mostly we don't do that intentionally. Mostly that just sort of happens as an excuse to not have to deal with what's going on. But I, you know, I bring that up again, you know, in a moment of oversharing, mostly because it's a pattern that we all have. We're all very good at something and we're all, especially, you know, if you're over 40, chances are you, you are really good at something. And so, you know, the question is, does that journey that you've been on for the last, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, is there, is it time to sort of put that part of the journey to bed or to rest and to try something else? And, you know, I think one of the things that happens is the older you get, the harder it is because it feels like there's more to lose. And that's especially true if you have responsibilities. And so I'm not talking about, you know, telling the kids if they're five, they have to figure out how to feed themselves and hitting the road. But, you know, once you once you finish certain responsibilities, we have the freedom to explore more. It's just that 
we might not be as comfortable with the consequences or, you know, maybe we've got physical limitations now that we can't move forward in the same way. And so we give up instead of, you know, looking at, well, what are some alternatives? And, you know, that's sort of the the difference between, you know, doing something in your 20s as you backpack with everything on your back, which is what I did when I went to Europe. Now I just pull a trailer with all my stuff in <laughs> Because it's an easier way to deal with it. I don't want to deal with having to start from scratch everywhere I go. I like the structure of my lifestyle where I can move that around. Although it hasn't moved in so long, and that's part of my aggravation. So it's uh, it's an idea that's kind of percolating inside my head that's new. And I thought I would pass that on to you in terms of what is it that maybe you're too comfortable with and have you really thought about the the various journeys in your life? Do you see endings to them? And um, you know, and that's one of the things about living like this is other people expect it to end, and you know, the, and I expected it to end. And you know, my takeaway has been that the physical version isn't going to end, but who I am as what I started out to do, that is coming to an end. And there's something new that's trying to emerge. And I don't know 100% what that is yet. And, you know, anybody who's been here for a long period of time, you know, I've been doing these podcasts for over two years, I've been, you know, sort of haphazardly making videos and blogs for seven years now. So it's, it's a, you know, it's, On the one hand, I always say it's embarrassing because I don't feel like I've ever accomplished anything. But the reality is, is that's what life actually is. It's sort of a constant evolution of who we are. And we live in a world now that's so different. I've been thinking so much about this, how it used to be, you know, when you uh, looked at people's explorations or journeys and, you know, like Robin Davidson, she wrote the book two years after she completed the journey. And um, there was a magazine article about it, you know, National Geographic sponsored it. But so often, you know, writers or authors or explorers, they go out, they have the adventure, they come home, and then they write about it, or they make a film about it, or whatever creative expression, or they go on a speaking tour. It used to be, you know, in the olden days, you had before, well, you had slides, and before you had slides, you just went and talked about it. That was how people who were explorers, you know, paid for it, was you got a sponsor on the front end, and then the back end, you came and you talked about it, or you wrote magazine articles. But it wasn't done in real time. And so I think we're in this really interesting shift how the journey that we're on is able to happen in real time versus journey first, reflection, you know, creation, communication, second. But it's true for everybody. It's always in real time. But we haven't had the windows into other people's journeys the way we do now. And I think it's still evolving. I still don't think it's, I, you know, we've had blogs and we've had, um, you know, people do videos and stuff, but it's still, I think it's in its infancy still. It hasn't been refined or really become what it can be yet. And and how, you know, I like I said, I'm bringing that up because 
there used to be really clear definitions on what journeys were. It's something you went and did, and then you came home and you wrote about it. It's like vacation. And, you know, what we're talking about here is really the journey of your life where there is no end. I mean, you're just going to be evolving into who you are till the end of time, and then you'll still keep going. You just won't be, you know, in this shape and place. And how we forget, I think, sometimes that the endings aren't something that have to happen to us, that we can make a conscious decision to say, you know what, I'm ready to let that version of the journey go. And the new can't come until we make a space for it by letting go of the old. And so that's part of, you know, in, in our history of humanity is there was always there were rituals and uh, ceremonies to mark beginnings and endings. That's what the harvest festivals were. You know, it was important to mark the end of one cycle to allow the new cycle to come in. And we sort of live in this 24-7 world where we don't have a lot of that demarcation other than, you know, we're right now we're in graduation season, but now they have you graduating, you know, in kindergarten and first grade and second grade. I mean, you do graduations practically every year. It's lost its significance, its power, I think, by over focusing on it. So, so that's, you know, a little more light thinking. So we're going to take another break, give your brain a moment to disengage from these humongous ideas, and we'll be right back. I will wait. One of the ways that we can figure out where a new journey, I think, is rearing its little head, inviting us to come join it on that path, is if you find yourself irritated with what somebody else is or is not doing. And um, so in my case, I've had this you know, ever-growing irritation with people who are talking about the problem. And we do that with news and people are just naturally more attracted to information that, you know, supports their current belief system and that requires no responsibility on their part. That's just who we are as humans um, or we want to just be distracted and entertained. But, you know, one of the reasons we like, you know, if it bleeds, it leads news is that there's nothing we can do about it. And the stuff that requires a personal response is usually the least paid attention to. And if it's just good news, you know, there's been multiple attempts by newspapers to do like the good news newspaper, and they just don't do well. So as a as a human species, we're more naturally attracted to the negative. Um, and, you know, part of that is it's stimulating. Negativity stimulates a different the more excitatory uh, neurotransmitters and hormones in your brain. So it gives you a little bit of a rush. Um, and in a life that's really boring, you know, it's it it's a little hit. You know, instead of the tiger running at you to give your you your stimulation or requiring some kind of instinctual response from you, we do that passively by taking in information. And so, 
there is a natural attraction to that. Plus, we're safe, right? We can read about all the horrible things that are happening to everybody else, but it's not happening to us. So it doesn't require anything from us. We can be stimulated by it, but we don't have to be afraid because it's not in our house. It's not at our front door. And so that kind of stuff will always be more popular. Complaining, blaming, pointing fingers, being shocking, being very opinionated, that stuff will always be popular. There's just no way around it. And so the decision has to become, you know, that's why I talk about fuel. What do you intentionally want to bring into your energy? And it's hard to choose stuff that's not exciting and stimulating in that way. It's even harder to choose to bring things in that require something of ourselves. And so, you know, that becomes part of that intentional and purposeful decision making that's really feels oftentimes like swimming upstream in a sea of molasses, right? It's so easy to float down with the chaos and the crisis and not have to participate versus, you know, looking at the day in and day of our own life and what we do have to participate in. So, you know, coupling that against this idea of, you know, does your journey have an end? And is that ending really the allowing of something else that's coming forward? Um, part Part of what you can do, I said, is look at what's irritating you. So, so much of the talk, especially about uh, what's happening out in the world is is the second, you know, one is, look how bad this is. Two, let's blame the global elite or whoever in the social justice warriors or whoever we want to blame. Three is, what are we going to do about it? And four is when everything stops and goes back to one. Look at everything bad that's happening out there because it's a new day. It's a new new news cycle. It's a new uh demand for your attention. It's a new request to bring you into that sphere and out of the reality of your day in and day out. And so it takes so much focus and energy to bring ourselves out of that and back into what our life is about, what we have control over, what we're responsible for. And that's where the solution lies, because you can't change anybody else. You know, you can't. I was thinking about that um, in terms of I've I've been making the mistake at looking too much at the Internet at what other people are doing. And I find myself, you know, feeling really discouraged because you there are no more better pictures to take. There are no, no more exotic and challenging journeys to make. Everybody has gone everywhere and done everything and documented it in every way, shape, or form. So there's no mystery to it. I was reading a recent article by uh, Robin Davidson again about her. She says, you couldn't do what I did. She did it in 1977 because now there's too many rules or there's too many regulations and there's too many fences and it's not possible. You can't wander the way you are. And she's absolutely right. You know, if, if you were to just, I don't, I don't know about other countries, but in America, if you were to just take a, a walk and say, I'm out, well, now you're homeless and you're a vagrant. There's no place where you're allowed to sleep at night without being, you know, having a reason or permission. And you get arrested. And, you know, really, you get in trouble once you start to look homeless, once you start to smell and you look disheveled. And so part of, you know, my doing this this way is the recognition of the fact that I can get away with it because 
at least when I go out in public, you know, I keep myself relatively clean and put together because when you start to get that wild-eyed, crazy look, people are afraid of you and they don't want you in their your proximity. There was a guy here. He was here last year. I'm not sure when he left, but he just had the dirty, dreadlock, crazy man look and everybody wanted him out of town. And he set up shop on the side of the road at one point and he was surrounded like by 20 water jugs, you know, laying on the side of the road of a highway and how you know, people, it's a it's something to stare at. It's to point fingers at, but I don't want that near me. And so who knows? I never talked to him, so I don't know what was going on with him. But we don't live in a world that allows us, you know, to take that kind of journey anymore. And so, and, and we live in a world that has so overshared every single version of image and word and idea it doesn't feel exciting. And you know, now we've shifted into this whole thing where if, you know, people are like, how can I make money from doing it? You know, so people who are blogging, you know, travel bloggers, you know, the only people making money as travel blockers are the people who are telling other people how to make money doing it. Almost exclusively, you know, people making money on the internet are the ones who are telling other people how to make money writing or how to make money doing, you know, because we've, Everybody wants it now, and it seems really possible where it used to be nobody could see you. And I was thinking how that's, it's so different. And and here, you know, and I'm part of that whole thing, and I don't have any answers about that. But, but the thing that I was taking away from it was it doesn't matter when you remember that the journey itself isn't about the place or the site or the art or the experience in terms of, of being new or stimulating or exciting or challenging, the only thing that matters is your experience on your journey. And that is so personal and, and how, you know, other people making theirs is inspiring and it helps keep you on track. But it's easy to get lost into the ideas of what other people are doing and the physical excitement of it as the meaning of the journey versus what's going on within you in process, which takes us back to this idea that we started with is what journey are you on and does it have an ending? And are you avoiding the ending of one thing so that you are preventing the new version to come to you? And I think it's just harder in today's world because it feels like everything's been done, everything's been shared, everything's been overshared. There just doesn't feel like there's anything new, which, you know, which makes it so much easier to get stuck in all this uh shame and blame and complain and point fingers and drama because that the the current events of the world feel exciting and new and how it's hard to find new things and so this is all you know just a reflection of what's been going on here the last couple days so we're going to take one more break and then we're going to wrap this baby up it's the end of the world as we know it it's the end of the world as we know it. I thought that was fitting because in some ways I'm really asking you to take a hard look at what's been going on and what's ready to come to an end. And it may not be anything, but 
I really was taken aback, you know, when I heard him say, you don't have to be a problem solver anymore. And I went like, wow, what would my life be like if I wasn't focused on solving problems? And I avoid a lot of my life by solving other people's problems and then getting frustrated with them because they don't do anything about it or they don't care about the solutions, even though they are sitting there wildly obvious and simple. And is that even my job? And the answer is no, it's not. And I'm doing that as a way to avoid the day in and the day out of solving my own problems because that's for me is about shifting into a new uh, a new version of the journey that I'm on. And it's so much more comfortable to just focus on what other people are doing or solving problems for me. Now, like I said, everybody's got a different skill. You know, some people are good followers and now they need to learn more about leadership. Some people are good leaders and now they need to learn more about following. And um, some people are are creative, but they don't have, you know, the functional lifestyle skills. And, you know, there was a guy I saw one time and he, he gave people job advice and his was really good advice for the time. And I think at certain portions of your life is to focus on your strengths and stop trying to create a, a work success or life success based on trying to strengthen what is your weakness and focus on what you're really good at. And I think that is good starting out advice when you're young. But I am feeling quite strongly at this moment in time that part of what the world is asking us to do is to integrate more of who we are not into who we are meant to be. So instead of getting more polarized that it's it's about balancing within us, you know, the masculine and the feminine energy, the leader and the follow en- follower energy. Because the more balanced and integrated you are within yourself, the less you need to act out on the world around you. And how that letting go of what our strengths are, of being so comfortable and what we're so good at, Part of that is the ending of one form of the journey because we are moving into uncomfortable territory because we're not strong, we're not certain, we're not confident. And it's a choice to decide to be confident in our decision to look at where, I don't want to say our weaknesses are, but where we where we don't have as much developed strength. And maybe it's time to really think about that because that makes us more, that allows us to become more. And, you know, and this is the unfun part, you know, this, and that's where the hard work comes in. That's where you have to let go of certain things. You don't have, none of us have time to do everything, be everything, go everywhere, share everything, and on and on and on. We have to pick and choose. And in our overloaded world, that somehow, you know, it's about trying to make some hard decisions about who you want to walk out of this version of life. So the end of your life is the ending of one journey. And, and if you think about, you know, not is it ending, but 
how do you want this journey that is your life in its entirety, how do you want that to end? Do you want it to end and that you stayed with what was comfortable and easy and safe? Or do you want it to end with the fact that you took risk or that you faced discomfort within yourself or you put yourself in challenging positions or you, you know, my, what mine is lately, are you willing to, to buckle down and do the discipline of getting yourself to the next step? As I was thinking about that, you know, this morning, part of this lifestyle has been all about discipline because I don't have the luxury of not doing certain things every single day. And I can't tell you, I just want to scream sometimes every day I have to go fill up with water. And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I resent it. And then I think, you know, I was thinking, no, this is teaching me that it's through the daily discipline. That's how I create change. That's the next level of change that I want to get to. I want to stop solving the problem and I want to get into the solution. And I'm, I don't want to get mad at everybody else who's not living their solution. Instead, let's just refocus that energy on what do I need to do every day to get myself there. And I tell you, if you just videotape yourself for a month, you'll get this horrible reality check. Like this is what my life actually looks like versus the fantasy version of what's been going on in my head, apparently, (laughs) for the last couple of years. So just one more oversharing. So it is Friday. So I encourage you to have, it is, if you're in America, it's Memorial Day. So I guess some people are having a three or four day weekend, depending on uh, how you do it here or wherever you are in the world. I hope you have a fabulous weekend and you really give yourself some time this weekend or whenever you listen to this to really ask yourself these questions. It's, I think it's so interesting to really think about that. Like, what do you think about the end of your journey Um, Is there a part of your life that is, as a journey, coming to an end? Is it time to be letting go of something so that something new can come in? And are you afraid of what's new because you're uncomfortable, because it requires a set of skills or, or muscles that are weak, that haven't been strengthened under the repetition of the day in and the day out? And I can promise you that when you actually launch yourself into it, The front part is really hard, the part where you feel like you're drowning and you're in over your head. But the other side of it is awesome. And so I I really hope that you'll take a few minutes to think about that because that to me is where life gets really exciting. So who knows what you'll hear on Monday. I am in a avalanche of change. So who knows what we'll be finding or it could be just the same because I'll have distracted myself in some way. So with that, I hope you have a really good weekend. Again, you can always find this and more at survivalroad.net. And most importantly, thank you for hearing my heart roar. 